every kingdom, yes, has a king, yes, has citizens, but it also has a way that it's ran. And so it's my job to wake up in the morning and go, Lord, how do you want to run it today? Thank you for listening and subscribing to the Anchor Church podcast. It is our desire at the Anchor to provide a place for you to know God, find freedom, discover your God-given purpose, and ultimately make a difference in the world around you. Each week, the Anchor podcast features Sunday sermons. You can follow along in this podcast episode and read the sermon notes on our website by visiting theanchor.me. Now, let's get into the Word. So listen, last week we started a new series uh, that we are simply entitling The Kingdom, okay? So if you're taking notes today, this is part two. If you missed last week by chance, I would really encourage you to go and uh, listen to the podcast. It it would really help kind of bring things in perspective. And so uh, let me just say this before we pray. Uh, This morning is definitely what I would uh, call a where where the rubber meets the road kind of message, okay? It's where where we really go to the heart of things. And so I'm just asking you, uh, you know, I don't know, strap up, be a little tough, and uh, just let God talk to you. Yes? yes. Are y'all awake? Yes. Can, I, can I help y'all out real quick? <laughs> let me help y'all. <laughs> Maybe you can help me out. How about that? So when I, when I say that, for you guys that don't know us, uh, Jen and I used to work at a really large church, about 2,000 3,000, 4,000 members. I don't know the exact numbers. A lot of people. And it was a rambunctious uh, bunch, right? We, they, they were pretty free. They were pretty loud. So, so when I do all that, hey, help me out. That's me reverting back to the old days, all right? So I'm used to people hollering at me. I was one from one of those talkback churches, right, where they talk back to you. So anyways, if I can, just kind of help me out. I know that's not the custom of Maine. Help a brother out, all right? Here we go. Good deal. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your anointing. God, we just ask today that you would come and you would speak loud and clear to our lives. And Father, we just uh, make our own choice in our own hearts today to open up our hearts wide, open up our ears wide, open up our eyes wide so we can encounter you. And so, Father, we thank you today that your word is still alive and powerful and is still sharpening a two-edged sword. And we just ask that you would speak directly to us. And God, we just say today that we receive it by faith. And uh, Lord, whatever you want us to do with it, God, we say yes. God, we want to be obedient people. God, we want to be doers of the word. And so, Lord, we thank you for talking to us in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Listen, if you have your Bible, we're going to go ahead and turn to uh, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4. So if you can, uh, just flip over there. If you have it on your phone, click over there. Uh, If not, we'll throw it up on the screen in a second. I'm going to be reading actually from the New Living Translation. So uh, whatever translation you got, just kind of follow along with me. If you're there, say, oh, yeah. Awesome. Here we go. Verse, all you people looking at screens like, oh, yeah. <laughs> Verse 40. Here we go. It says, as the, sun went down the, as the sun went down that evening, people throughout the village brought sick family members to Jesus. No matter what their diseases were, the touch of his hand healed everyone. Many were possessed by demons, and the demons came out at his command, shouting, you are the son of God. But because they knew he was the Messiah, he rebuked them and refused to let them speak. Early the next morning, Jesus went out to an isolated place, and the crowd searched everywhere for him. And when they finally found him, they begged him not to leave them. But he replied, here's the whole reason we're reading this. Listen to his response. He said, I must preach the good news of the kingdom, the gospel of the kingdom of God and other towns too. Watch this, because that is why. Somebody say why. 
That is why I was sent. In other words, he's saying, that's my purpose. That's why I came, was to preach the good news of the kingdom. You know, over the last 20 plus years, I have met so many people that have only thought that the sole reason Jesus came was to simply come to die on the cross for our sins, and that was it. But I want you to know today that uh, while that is an essential can't-do-without part of this story, Jesus made it really clear in Luke chapter 4 that that's not all the story, that that's not the only reason he came. So one of the reasons we know this is because what the Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, I love this verse, it says this in verse 13. It says, for he, talking about God the Father, has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness. Anybody glad they've been rescued from the kingdom of darkness? So we got rescued from our sin. We got rescued from the power of sin over our lives. And watch this. It says, and he transferred us. Somebody say transferred. He transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. Man, that's good news. Watch this. When we put, uh, you know, when we put those two verses together, I think we discover a few things. I kind of want you to see this and, and maybe a bigger picture than what we've seen it before. The first thing is this, is that when you and I made Jesus the Lord and the Savior of our lives, not only were our sins forgiven, but in that exact moment, literally, the Bible says in John 10, 9, that Jesus became the door. Somebody say the door. He literally became the door by which we stepped out of the kingdom of darkness and into the kingdom of light. So simply, Jesus not only died for our sins, but he also died so that he could become the way or the door by which you and I could enter into the kingdom of God. It's good news, right? The second thing I want us to see is this. Is when we pull back, especially when we look at, uh, you know, Luke chapter 4 there, we see this, that, that Jesus spent three and a half years of his ministry, ministerial life, right? And he went from town to town teaching and preaching the kingdom of God. Now, why did he do that? Kind of twofold. For three and a half years, uh, key part here is he demonstrated the kingdom, are you guys hearing me? Everything we just read, healings, authority over demons, all that, that was basically the authority of the kingdom in operation. He was demonstrating what has been made available to us through the cross and the resurrection. Amen? So not only did he demonstrate the gospel, but it also says that he taught us how you and I should live once we entered into the kingdom. Right? And that teaching part is, is what we call simply this. It's called discipleship. Right? Discipleship is simply this, that you and I would know how to live as sons and daughters of the king. In fact, I'll, I'll, I'll throw a, a, this up. Yeah, thank you guys. Discipleship is all about learning to think, speak, and act like the king. Right? Not like the church, but like the king. Right? Not like your mom and them. Right? <laughs> Y'all never even heard that saying, have you? That's old country saying, mom and them. All right? Anyways, yeah, not acting like those folks, but acting like the king. And in fact, how many of you guys know that it only takes a moment to enter into the kingdom of God, but it takes a lifetime to learn to live like the king. Yes, we're all in a process, we're all in a work where we're learning to live like him. And so with all that said this morning, that's what I want to do. For the next few weeks, I simply want to begin to unpack what it means to walk in kingdom living. All right, to have a kingdom mentality, to live as one who is once again in the kingdom, okay? Now to do so, uh, I personally believe that the best place to start out of Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is Matthew 6. Is to grab a hold of the words that Jesus gave us and to apply them to our life. And I want us to read that today. Once again, another portion of scripture, so just kind of hang in there with me. But I want to read it for context sake. Jesus said this. He said, don't store up treasures here on earth. It's easier said than done, isn't it? 
Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store up treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy. The thieves do not break in and steal. It says, wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be also. No one can serve two masters. Please grab a hold of that. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? This says in verse 27, Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? Man, I wish I would remember that one. (laughs) And it says, and why worry about your clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflower that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith? What a question. Why do you have so little faith? So don't worry about these things saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? Watch this. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Isn't that? In other words, what he's saying is this fear and worry dominates the hearts of unbelievers. But it shouldn't be for us. Why? Because your heavenly father already knows all your needs. So watch this. So Jesus is basically talking and he's saying pretty much, here's the things that we all wrestle with and struggle with. And I think we'd all agree with that, right? That we all feel pressures from this world. Am I, am I talking to myself here? We all get that, right? And he says, but guys, look, here's the solution. If you want all of that, if you don't want to worry, if you don't want to be in fear, if you want to walk in faith, man, then you need to do this. You need to seek the kingdom of God above all else. Kingdom living, kingdom mentality. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Now, I personally like the way the New King James and New American Standard quotes verse 33. It simply says this, seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the kingdom of God. Now, watch this. In context, we know that Jesus is telling these guys, look, you don't need to worry about all these things have the ability to sustain you. In other words, you don't need to worry about uh, food and you don't need to worry about drink. And he says this, and you don't need to worry about things that you have need of in this life, which are real needs such as money and clothes. Yes, nobody wants to see you walking around naked. We appreciate your clothes. Amen. Just seeing if you're awake today. All right, here we go. Why do we not need to worry? Because he's saying this, because I will provide right? But, but listen, at the core of this message, at the core of Matthew 6 here, he is t- really talking about this. He's really talking about our priorities in this life, our priorities. Now listen, if we're being honest with ourselves, it is real easy to get our priorities all mixed up. Yes, it's so easy. So, so listen, he is really saying this, that all kingdom living, in other words, our top priority in life really begins and ends with the simple principle of seeking first the kingdom of God. All right, so watch this. So you and I can really grab a hold of what Jesus is trying to tell us here. I want us to simply look at those two words, seek first, because Jesus uh, clearly chose certain Greek words when he was speaking of this. And for us to understand it, we need to really understand what those Greek words mean. So first up, seek, it means this. It means being absorbed in the search for, being absorbed in the search for, to be constantly seeking 
after pursuing that which is important. The two words I want us to grab there are this, absorbed and important. Have you ever noticed in life when something is important to you and you get so absorbed in it, it's almost like everything else is happening around you, but you don't even notice it. That's what he's saying. You need to have that kind of heart when you're seeking me. You need to have your blinders on and you need to pursue me with everything you got. Amen? So listen, then, then he said this for the word first. First actually means this, means first in rank, first in value. The reason I like the word rank there is because it's a reminder that he is the king of kings, right? That he has top priority in our lives. So first in rank and value, that which is before anything else. So watch, when we put those words together, we can easily see that he's basically saying this. I want you to be intentionally focused on seeking me and my ways before you seek anything else. It's really that simple, okay? In other words, he's saying this. Man, look, look. I want to be your go-to guy. I want to be your first option in life. I don't want to be your second option. I don't want to be your third option. I don't want to be your fourth option. And, and the truth is, is a lot of times it's easy to make him the second option or the third option or the fourth option. Sometimes it's easier to run to a person, right, or maybe to depend on our wallet, which I cannot find mine right now, by the way. So if you've seen it, let me know. I have no clue where it's at. So um, anyways, it's easy to depend on what we got, right, or people other than saying, first, God, I need you. Amen? Amen. So, listen, I'll just say it this way. Have you ever noticed that as human beings, man, we, we have a hard time keeping what is most important, most important thing in life the most important thing in life? Yes. We do, right? And, 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 you know, when we stop and go, well, well why is that the case? I have, I have three things I want to throw at you today of the reasons why I think why we struggle with keeping the first things first. All right? The first one is this. I believe the main reason we struggle with this is because of something uh, that I actually recently heard a college football coach said. Man, I was listening to a little press conference. I heard him say it, and I was like, oh, my gosh, that is so right. But the first thing is this, is that we are all addicted to tomorrow. This is what the coach said. Listen, he said, he said you know, all of us are a little addicted to tomorrow. We say and we think things like, ah, I'll quit smoking tomorrow. I will go on a diet tomorrow. I'll lose weight tomorrow. That's my favorite one personally. <laughs> I tell myself all the time, I'll start working out tomorrow. And yeah, anyways, I will start studying tomorrow. But I'm going to add to what he said. He said, what about I'll get right with God tomorrow? What about I'll start doing what God has called me to do tomorrow? I will forgive that person that hurt me tomorrow, right? I'll change my attitude tomorrow. I'll work harder tomorrow. I'll start praying tomorrow, right? I'll start reading my Bible tomorrow. Gone, 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 right? In other words, this, the, the distractions of today cause us to delay. Get that. The distractions of today cause us to delay or procrastinate again and again in the areas that should be the most important things in our life, and that's seek first. Listen, I think Jesus talked about us in a portion of scripture. So I'm going to show it to you. All right, here we go. Actually encountered some guys that are kind of like us. It's in Luke chapter nine. It says this, it says on their way, someone came up to Jesus and said, came up to Jesus and said, I want to follow you wherever you go. That seems like a noble thing, right? Verse 58, Jesus replied, 
Yes, but remember this, even animals in the field have holes in the ground to sleep in and birds have their nests, but the Son of Man has no place here to lay down his head. Verse 59 says, Jesus then turned to another and said, come, be my disciple. He replied, watch this, someday I will, Lord. Someday, tomorrow, someday I will, Lord. And he said, but allow me first to fulfill my duty as a good son and wait until my father passes away. Now, once again, that, that sounds like such a noble thing. And have you noticed a lot of times uh, we get delayed on what's good, but not God, <laughs> right? And, and so, so here's a guy saying, look, this seems good, man. My, my dad, let, let, me, let me wait till my dad passes away and, and, then, and then I'll follow you. The only problem was when you know the culture, what he was really wanting and what he was really saying is, is look, Jesus, my, my dad's got a, a great wealth and great inheritance, Right? And when he dies, that comes to me. And if I leave this home, then it goes to my brother and not to me. So I'm going to hang around a little bit so I can get my comfort, right? And then I'll follow you. Yes? And then it says this, Jesus told him, don't wait for your father's burial. Let those who are already, it actually means spiritually dead, wait for death. It's good. But as for you, go and proclaim everywhere that God's kingdom has arrived. Says still another said to him, Lord, I want to follow you too. But first, let me go home and say goodbye to my entire family. Jesus responded, watch this. Why did you keep looking backward to your past and have second thoughts about following me? You, you know, another translation pretty much says it like this. Why do you keep having second thoughts about seeking me? Or should I say we could say it that way? Why do you keep having second thoughts about following me and seeking me first? And then he said this, when you turn back, you are useless to God's kingdom realm. That's some strong words. When you turn back, you are useless to God's kingdom realm. And what that simply means is this, is that when you are divided, you are unfit to be completely useful, right, to God's kingdom. You're unfit. You're, you're divided. I mean, the Bible even says in James that if a man's divided, when he prays, he shouldn't even expect that he's going to get it. Right? So watch this. The truth is, is when we become distracted and delayed like these guys were by allowing the cares of this world, right, to become more important, to become first, when you and I do that, we make Jesus secondary in our lives. And we make, when we make Jesus secondary in our lives, we miss out on God's best for our lives. Amen. So li listen, I, about, about five years ago, I had a dream. And a lot of times God will talk to me in, in dreams, the way he gets my attention. I think part of that's because I don't shut up otherwise, right? But one, one morning I was in between that being asleep and being awake spot. And, and I've tried to condition myself to be open to the Lord pretty much at, at all times if he wants to talk to me. Sometimes I do better at that than others. But, but this particular morning, this was once again five or six years ago. We were still living down in, down in North Carolina. Um, I, basically in the dream, I saw my buddy Lance. My buddy Lance, you have to know him. He's a great guy. He's actually been here, I think, three times. Uh, he's not a prophetic guy, so it threw me off that, that he was the guy in the dream. But, but basically, he turns to me in the dream, and he just simply says this. He says, Quentin, the Lord would say, yeah, the, the Lord would say, if you put your hand to the plow and don't look back, God says, I will put my favor on your life. And I woke up. Now, now listen, if you've ever had a moment where you know that there was, sounds encouraging, but there was also a bit of correction in it, you, you know what it's like to kind of be shaken to your core, 
right? And, and so part of it is, man, I, I just went, I started praying. And what I realized what God was trying to tell me is this, is Quentin, if you will live undivided, right? If you will put me first, seek me first, pursue me with all of your heart, then I'll put my favor and my anointing upon your life in a unique way. But if you don't, I won't. And so what happens is I've noticed the last five, six years, literally I can tell you, and, and I, you, you know, for you guys that have preached before, you know what it's like to preach with the anointing, you know what it's like to preach without it. And if I'm honest with myself, when, when that, the anointing was not on me, when there wasn't an unction that's there, it was when I wasn't pursuing God first. It was when I was distracted and I was delayed, right? But when I was locked in and he had, I was absorbed by him and he had my heart, he had my attention, holy smokes, did he come. Amen? Amen. So watch this. Be, because I know that I'm no different than you, I'm, I, look, I'm a, I'm a man just like y'all, right? That, that I know that I am not uh, exempt from falling into this trap of the enemy by being distracted and delayed. I, months ago, I wrote a saying on my mirror to kind of just be a reminder to me, okay? And here's what I wrote on my mirror. Things that matter most must never be at the mercy of things which matter least. Things that matter most must never be at the mercy of things which matter least. Once again, I wrote that down to help me keep my priorities in order. My priorities first start with seeking him first, and then it's my family, right? And then it's right, my wife and my kids. That to help me, because what happens is so often in life, watch this. When we say yes to these distractions, we are ultimately saying no to God, Right. And I want to be in a place where I'm saying yes to God first and I'm getting my marching orders and then I can go from there and do what he's called me to do. Once again, sometimes we do that well, sometimes we don't. So let me maybe say this before I ask you a question. Um, you, you know, today I know I'm sitting here talking. And I'm going, hey, uh, these are things that maybe, uh, you know, hurt us or hinder us from, from seeking God first. And the truth is, is I don't really need to stand up here and tell you guys if you're seeking God first or not. Everything inside of you already knows if that's the truth, right? And what happens is, is I'm just going to encourage you in this. If there's something in you that's saying, yes, you, you need to pursue me, you need to seek me first. If the Holy Ghost is, is talking to you, then please respond. Respond, amen, respond. And, and just go, God, because listen, you, you'll never miss out by responding to the Lord, Yes, you'll never miss out. So I want to ask you today, what are some of the things that might be causing you to be distracted or delayed today? What are some of the things that may cause you distracted or delayed today? And let me maybe make a point here real quick. I feel like I need to say this. If you're sitting here today and you go, I don't have much hunger for God, then my question for you would be this, then what are you getting full on? Yes, because if there's something inside of you that doesn't want Jesus, then that means this world is satisfying you and this world is not that great. Yes, trust me, I lived there a long time. I didn't grow up in this church world, right? And I'm telling you, I've tried this, I've done that, and I know the emptiness of it. But man, I know what it's like to come and get life. Drink from the living water. I know what it's like to drink from the living water. Amen? So come drink today. It's better than what y'all nasty stuff you're already drinking. All right, here we go. Number two. Number two, another reason I believe that we have a hard time keeping the most important thing, the most important thing is because we have a hard time letting go of certain things. Man, that's so true. We have a hard time of letting go of certain things. 
You know, a few days ago, I, as I was studying, I actually read uh, about a group of scientists who were on a, an expedition to Africa. And their mission and the whole reason they were in Africa is because they were trying to capture and study a particular species of a monkey, right? And, and listen, because it was important that they brought the monkey back alive and unharmed, right? That, that, then they knew, okay, we got we to gotta be smart about this. And so knowing the monkey's behavior, they basically devised a scheme or an approach or a strategy and how they could capture the monkey. And here's what they did. They said, you know what? We know this, this monkey likes this certain kind of bait. So what they did is they they took a really long, narrow skin jar that kind of opened up, but the, the neck of it was really skinny, and they, took, and they took nuts and put it basically at the bottom of it, right? And so they knew this. They knew that uh, that, that monkey, right, would, would do this, that he would ultimately uh, want it, <laughs> and when he got it, he, he couldn't get out. So watch this. So they set all the traps up. And they went back to the camp and they said, you know, sure enough, man, we, we know, man, in lickety-split, matter of time, man, we're, we're going we're gonna to catch us some monkeys. It sounds so weird to say that. Catch us some monkeys. Anyways. Yeah. Anyways, so, so sure enough, they went back and uh, they, they checked their traps. And sure enough, man, those monkeys smelt the scent of the bait. Uh, you know, they thrust their little paws down the long neck of the bottle, right? And, and when they did, they, they clenched, man, that food that was in there. And what happened was is when they went to go pull it out, they recognized, man, I'm trapped because that bottle is anchored to the tree. Uh, but, but they were unable to escape with their prize. And so what they did was is they were literally unwilling to let go of the bait, right? So they could be free. They wouldn't let go of it. And so here comes the scientists. Once again, as you can expect, here's this guy refusing to hold on and let go. They just walk up and just grabbed him. That's easy catching, right? That's easy. So, so here's the thing. You and I can sit back and we can, we can make fun of those monkeys and think they're stupid, right? Uh, but in some respects, we're just like them. We are. Man, if we get on, we are. So often we cling to the very things that hold us back. Uh, once again, remaining captive through our sheer unwillingness to let go of whatever it is that's keeping us from making him and his ways top priority, most important, seek first in our lives. So true. You know, as I read that story, I, I actually thought about a man in the Bible. And if you read, uh, I believe it's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. I don't think John mentions him. Uh, but, but basically you surmise from those three stories that he is a rich, young ruler. And I want to show you basically a, a man that got his hand in the jar. Here we go. It says in verse 16, in verse, uh, Matthew 19, 16 through 22. It says, and, and someone came to him, rich, young ruler, and said... Teacher, what good things shall I do that I may obtain eternal life? That I can live in the kingdom, right? And he said to him, why are you asking me about what is good? There is only one who is good. But if you wish to enter into life, keep the commandments. Then the guy said, which ones? And Jesus said, you shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these things I have kept. Other translation says, all these things I have kept from my youth. Right? What am I still lacking? What am I still missing? Man, I feel like I've done all this, but there's still a hole in my soul. What, what am I missing here? And then it says in verse 21, Jesus said to him, if you wish to be complete, if you wish to be without lack, go and sell your possessions and give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. 
But when the young man heard this statement, he went away grieving, for he was one who owed much property. See, in reality, guys, he was the one that had his hand in the bottle, and he was unwilling to let go of what he valued more than God, what he considered to be first and more important in his life. And that very thing, once again, kept him for making God first in his life. Now, let me give you, everybody look here, please. Let me give you a quick observation here. I want you to notice that the, that the thing that, that uh, hindered him from seeking the kingdom first, from seeking God first, putting God most important in his life, notice it wasn't what you and I and what the church world would call some big quote-unquote sin. Right? This dude wasn't running around sleeping with 50 women. He wasn't a drug addict. Are, are y'all with me? This, this guy owned some property, had some money. Are, are y'all following me? But, but once again, what happened was, the big problem was, is this guy loved all of that more than he loved him. He loved it more than him. And, and watch this. Did Jesus not say in the past scripture we read from the very beginning that a man cannot serve two masters? And this guy's master was his wealth. Now, now listen, we're living in a generation, you know, you may be sitting here today. I'm going to talk to some young people really quick. You may be sitting here today and you go, I don't have a whole lot of money, but you love your phone more than you love Jesus. Are you with me? Listen, I, I love my Alabama football, but there's people that love the Patriots more than they love Jesus. Are you all with me? So, so we have to ask ourselves, man, when we're talking about all this, man, what gets our most attention? What gets our, what's captured our heart? Right? I, I, I read a thing that literally a, a young person said this. They said that they have to sleep with their phone beside their head because it brings them comfort. Are y'all hearing me? Y'all think y'all are whack. What's the first thing you grab when you wake up? What's the difference? Am I say coffee? That man loves coffee more than Jesus. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm kidding. It, am I making sense to you guys? Like, li- like literally, did, did you have to stop and you go, man, what, what's the first thing on my mind when I get up? What's the first thing? I mean, I mean, for real, listen, I'm, even, even uh, older people spend more time on Facebook than they do in the Word. My God, y'all get lost in that thing. I don't have it, don't want it, not interested. Not interested. That thing is a freaking mess. Anyways, let me quit picking on y'all. Anyways, so, so just take a minute and literally ask yourself, man, what gets your attention? What do you think about the most? What consumes you? When you wake up in the morning, what's the first thing on your mind? When you go to bed, what's the last thing on your mind? Right? I'm, I'm going to tell you, listen, when I knew that I, that, that I was in love with my wife, right? When we first met, she was literally the first thing I woke about, that I thought about when I woke up in the morning. And she was the last thing I thought about when I went to sleep. So much so I was like, Jesus, I still love you. <laughs> Right? But that's when I knew, man, that I was smitten. She had my heart, right? Am I making sense? And, and so those things, fast forward today, man, man, those are indicators of where our love is. Good preaching. So with that in mind, I want you to ask yourself, okay? Is there anything, once again, fill in your blank, is there anything that you are holding on to today that you need to let go of so that God can become number one in your life? And be honest with yourself, yes? 
Is there anything there? Listen, listen, if you could let that go, that would somehow help you have a greater desire to love him more than anything. Number three. <clears throat> the last reason I believe that we struggle with keeping the most important thing, the most important thing, and, and, this, is, and this, is, uh, this is a hard reality and hard truth, is because we're so independent. Listen, I, I've said this before, and I've almost, y'all, y'all look at me, please, just smile at me. I, 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 have, I have almost made it a personal prayer goal to just come against this thing. There's such a spirit of independence in this state. And it, listen, it's got a stranglehold, not just on unbelievers, but church folk and even pastors. Man, they're so independent, and they don't know how to, they, they literally, they, 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 they just, they want to do it all by themselves. And that's not kingdom. Right? It's not kingdom. It, the, the reason it's not is because alongside that, there's a thing called an unteachable spirit that attaches itself up to that. And if you can't learn from people, then, then something's off. Amen? So, so, so listen, it, it's this thing of how we show that we are uh, too independent when it comes to seeking God first. It, it's because we don't see a need to, to pursue his voice or his presence or his influence in our daily lives. Are you all with me? Just a thought for you. Has that, has that not been the lie since the beginning? Satan rolls up in the garden. Adam and Eve, what does he tell them? Man, you don't need him. He's afraid if you, if you take a bite of that fruit, you're going to become smart as he is. It's a lie, guys. And it's a lie that people are still, uh, still buying today. Amen? We don't need to buy the lie. So, so just, a, just a thought for you here, just to stir some, stir some stuff up in you here. You know, to stop for a second and go, man, when, when, when I get up in the morning and, you know, we, we should be waking up the morning with purpose in our hearts because God created us for a purpose, right? So, so if we don't know that purpose, we need to seek that purpose, seek God and find that purpose. But when we wake up in the morning, we realize that there's a purpose. Now, maybe I got to go to work because that's the, the, you know, he put me in the marketplace and that's my assignment, whatever it is that you got to do, okay? Maybe you're at school, whatever it is, to, to stop before you run out the door and go, Lord, what's your thoughts about today? And to stop for a second and go, God, is there any counsel? Is there any wisdom? Is there any insight? Is there, is there anything I need to know before I run out this door? Or to do this, Lord, I know that I got to do X, Y, Z today. God, how would you do it? God, I know I got to talk to that person at three o'clock today. What do you want to say? That's seeking the kingdom first. It's putting him priority in your life. So, so, you know, so often what happens is, is guess what? We, we set our schedule and we somehow ask God to bounce in it. Instead of going, God, what, what do you want the schedule to be? Are you with, listen, guys, once again, going back to last week, he is a king. He is the king, not me. He has a kingdom that I get the chance to be a citizen of, which is simply just a son and daughter of that king. But guess what? So every kingdom, right? Every kingdom, yes, has a king. Yes, has citizens. But it also has a way that it's ran. And so it's my job to wake up in the morning and go, Lord, how do you want to run it today? And not just assume that we got it all figured out. It's an independent spirit to think we don't need to check in. Are you all with me? So just a few thoughts here. When it comes to when it comes to, I, uh, let me maybe just sit here for a second. 
So, so the way God operates is he, is he moves us from season to season. It's how, it's how it happens, okay? Can't explain it. I don't have 8,000 verses to give to you. But, but, I can, but I got 20-something years of walking with Jesus. I can tell you that he brings you from season to season. And, and, it's, and it's our responsibility to stop in whatever season we're in. Maybe we're 14 years old. Maybe we're 40 years old. Maybe we're 80 years old. Whatever it is, we're in a season. And we need to stop and go, God, what are you trying to do in this season of my life? What are you trying to teach me? What are you trying to do? What's your heart for me in this moment? Listen, my old pastor used to say all the time, there is no such thing as retirement in the kingdom. There's not. So listen, if you're living and breathing, he still has a purpose for your life. You're in a season. You need to ask God, what do you want to do in this season? So listen, part of that is what he wants to do through you. And the other part is what he is trying to do in you. And most of the time, before he can do something uh, through you, he has to first do it in you. So what are you trying to do in me today, right? In this season, so I can do this for your glory. It's called, it's called being ambitious for the kingdom's sake, not for your own, right? It, it, what happens is, is when we're oblivious to what God's trying to do in this season, then we're, we're called up and trying to build our own kingdom. Watch this, okay? If you go read uh, Kings, okay, I believe it's First Kings, here's Solomon. Solomon has this incredible dream, asks for wisdom. God gives him wisdom. God blesses him. And the kingdom goes in this, uh, this season of peace where they were always at war because David was a man of war. And, and what happens is, is what? He's enjoying the bliss, right? And people are in awe of everything he has. Now watch this. Everybody does this. Everybody, please look, please look, please look. I've heard so many people say, well, where Solomon went wrong is Solomon started marrying all them women. Not the best option, all right? It's probably not a good thing to have 700 wives and 300 concubines. Yeah. Just saying. Talking about a headache. All right, so anyways. <laughs> women got mad. I love y'all. Anyways, y'all just love me. Would you want 700 husbands? Okay, thank you. All right. <clears throat> Let's flip the script there a little bit, right? So y'all like uh, one knucklehead's enough. Amen. All right, here we go. So <clears throat> watch this. So everybody says, man, that's where David went wrong. I mean, Solomon went wrong and everything went downhill. I disagree. Because if you, if you back up one more chapter, you'll find that here he is. He built the temple and then he built his throne. And then he married all these women and then south. I think it changed when he focused on his throne and his kingdom and his way. And that's when things shifted in his life. And so when you and I start building our own throne and we try to be the king of our own lives, guess what? We're in for trouble. Just a thought for you. That one was free. Take it. All right, here we go. So just some questions here. Man, man listen, have, have, you, have you sat back and said, Lord, what's the career path you want me to take? Listen, there's some young people in here. I don't know. I, I didn't talk to young people at all for a service. So here you go. This is all free just for you today. Where you're at in life, would you just stop for a minute and go, Lord, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to do? What do you want, from, what do you want me to do? What have you called me to do? And find God's heart and get connected to that and go do it. The other thing there is to actually go do this. Lord, who is it that you want me to marry? Y'all listen, let's do an old man here for a second. Don't marry somebody unless God says so. Right? Because listen, 
As much as I love my wife, and there's other men and women of God all in this room that love their spouse, they'll tell you that marriage is hard. And you got to know that you know that you know that you heard from Jesus or life will be difficult, more difficult. There'll be unnecessary difficulties there. Let me maybe say it that way. So, so know that you hear from Jesus. Don't be in a hurry in those things. Hear the heart of God and then follow that, right? For you guys that are older, man, you know, once again, when it comes to our business decisions, our business partners, uh, once again, when it comes to our marriage, raising our kids, our friendships, uh, how we handle our finances, our thoughts, our, our plans, our dreams, our visions, our goals, all these things, seek God. Get his heart. Amen. Get his heart. A man plans his course, but the Lord determines his steps. Find out where he wants, where he wants to go. Amen? Amen. Real quick, why should we do all that? Just to encourage you. Bottom line, why should I, why should I come and bring all this to him? <clears throat> First and foremost, because he cares for us. He cares. He's a good dad. He's a good dad. Actually, if you read other translations of, of Matthew 6.33, it says... To seek his kingdom and his goodness. He's a good, he's a good God. He's a good dad. So, so why do we want to bring it to him? Because he's good and he loves us. He wants what's best for us. Also because he's the one that has a plan and a purpose for our life. He's the one that wants to guide us on this journey. And bottom line is, he's smarter than you. He is. He's smarter than you. His ways are higher. So why not connect to that, right? Why not connect to him? So, one verse... And then I'll bounce into another one and we'll be done. Matthew 22 simply says this. It says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Watch this. This is the first and great commandment. Listen, that right there captures the whole heart of seeking God and seeking the kingdom first. It's just to love him with everything you got. Everything you got, right? Now, if we fast forward to Revelation chapter 2, here's Jesus. He's talking to a church. He basically says this. Guys, gals, you did all these things great, man. You, you did great. But I have this one thing against you. It says you have forgotten your first love. You left your first love. You abandoned your first love. And so wherever we're at today, listen, I'll look at me, please. If you got saved a week ago or if, you've been, if you got born again uh, 20, 30, 40 years ago, man, is he still your first love? Because that's the heart of what we're talking about today. Is he our first love that we are absorbed in, the, in our pursuit and our passion to love him and to know him? Or is he second, third, fourth options? So today what I want to do is we're going we're gonna to stand to our feet. I just want to give us a moment today to simply just pray into that. God, if I am distracted or if I am delayed, God, show me, right? God, show me. Wouldn't you want to know? God, show me. If, if you're sitting here today and you're like, man, I know I'm operating from a, a, my own independent self and I'm wanting to rule the theme and I'm wanting to be large and in charge. Or if, you're, or if you're sitting here today and you're like, man, I got some stuff I need to let go. Man, today's a good day. Today's a good day to do all that. So let's just invite him just to show us what he needs to show us today. Listen, God has given you the ability to hear his voice. Uh, The Bible clearly says he'll talk to you. So he needs to talk to you personally today. I don't need to tell you. He needs to tell you. So if we can, let's just open up our hearts. If you want to lift your hands, that's cool. Just position yourself to receive from heaven today. Father, we just ask, God, in the name of Jesus. 
Father, that you would come and speak. Holy Spirit, we give you room in this moment to move up and down the hallways of our hearts. We give you permission to go in every closet, to look in the attic, to look in the basement, to look in the dooryard. Lord, we give you permission today. So Holy Spirit, if there's anything that's causing us to be distracted, if there's anything that's causing us to be delayed, show us. If there's anything that we're holding on to, we refuse to let go of. God, so you can be first, show us. God, if there's areas of our lives where we're just, man, just straight being a knucklehead and being hard-headed and trying to do it our way, God, show us. We just give you room to speak now. you know the Lord's spoken to you, just lift both hands, please. The reason I ask you to do that is just as an act of faith that you're, that you're uh, lifting whatever he said up to him. Say this to me. Say, Father, I give this to you. I ask you to forgive me for holding on to it for so long I ask you to forgive me that I saw that before I sought you I ask you to forgive me for being so strong willed and trying to live independent from you please forgive me today I declare come on say it with me I declare that you are the king of my life that you sit on the throne not me so come be in charge in every area of my life help me help me to return to you today as my first love help me today to seek you first before all things in Jesus name we pray Father, I pray today in the name of Jesus. God, those that are here today that have been bound by religion and tradition and they haven't even known it. Lord, I'm asking today, God, that that spirit would be broken off them today in Jesus' name. God, I'm asking you, God, that they would just experience the real thing that's in your love. Father, us that are here today, God, that have refused to forgive someone that's hurt us, Father, we give it to you today. God, the truth is, is we're not going to be able to move forward 
in the way that you've called us to as long as we keep looking back and, and maintaining that bitterness in our hearts. God, those of us today that have been hurt and wounded, God, literally no fault of our own, God, and we've tried our best to forgive. We've tried our best to love. God, I'm just simply asking today, God, that you would come and you would heal in Jesus' name. God, every lie of the enemy, God, that we have bought into, that we have believed, God, that it would be broken today, and God, that we would walk in your truth in Jesus' name. Father, our lives are yours. God, our hearts are to live for your glory and for your honor, God, in everything that we say and do. Everything, God. Everything. So, God, would you help us in this life to take a position of one who is a disciple, of one who is trying their best to not just be like the king, but to know the king, to love the king, and to worship the king. Father, we honor you, and we thank you, God, for everything that you've done in our hearts today. God, we ask that you seal it today. And God, that it would produce everlasting change. We're not asking for an emotional moment. God, we're asking God for true life change and true freedom. Because we believe that when we seek first, there's freedom. We believe when there's seek first, God, there's faith. When we seek first, there's no worry. When there's seek uh, seek first, fear has got to go. So God, we thank you for these things today. And Lord, I'm just... Uh, just a bonus, Lord. God, if there's anybody in here that needs healing in their bodies, Lord, thank you that you're the healer. God, would you heal them today? God, be who you are today. We call upon the name of the Lord. God, rescue us today. Save us today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram for encouragement in your walk with God and to receive updates on events happening at The Anchor. Have a great week and God bless.